You pour your heart into your business, you give to your clients, and you take care of your family and your community. And you put off taking care of yourself. When you only focus on doing, you bottle up your emotions, which taxes your body and depletes your energy. You struggle to show up, to keep up, and to create results. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. About 10 years ago, I burned out of the only career I thought I'd ever have. I got divorced, and I was crushed with chronic illness and pain. Now I have a business that I love, a husband I can grow with, and my health is on track. Through the power of coaching, I have come to recognize the resilience and power I carry within my soul. You have this resilience and power as well. Welcome to Inflow with Soul, where we create the space for playful restoration. Space to pause, to play, and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. Welcome back to this edition of Inflow with Soul. I am so happy to have Hillary Johnson with me today. Hillary is an interdisciplinary artist and coach. Her art helps answer the question, how can art help us face the abyss? While her primary medium is photography, she also creates large-scale installations, combining photography, painting, computer projection, music, and found created sound. The installations hold space for both our grief and our wonder, creating containers in which vision visitors immerse themselves in deeply healing experiences. Her coaching also draws extensively from her interdisciplinary creative practices and is about helping others' clients become better witnesses to their own evolution so they can touch their wounds, find their gifts, and do the work they were meant to do in this life. That's a beautiful summary. (laughs) It's a mouthful. It is, and it but it's so jam-packed with kind of like the... I think it summarizes where our real challenge is. Like we think the challenge is all these things outside of us, but the challenge is really within us. And then also kind of, I love the word creating that container uh, so that we can get in touch with who we really are, our authentic selves and move forward from that space rather than the ego space or all of these other things that we carry around with us. Yeah. It gets to be a heavy kind of a bag at some point, right? Right. It sure does. It does. And most of us don't even know we're carrying this bag around. In fact, we've been told we have to carry these bricks around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's so much, I think, in our culture, um, whatever that means exactly, because we are diverse peoples with many different specific like family cultures and um, ethnic racial cultures and all these other things that influence us, our spiritual surrounds, but that there is um, a kind of a Western United States gestalt, perhaps, yeah. that says, here's the here's the stuff you got to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry. If it gets a little heavy, you know, like, that's just life. <laughs> don't right. ask any questions. <laughs> don't look inside the bag, right? No. <laughs> right. And go out and buy something, make yourself feel better kind of thing, right? I think it's kind of the basis for the uh, yeah. consumerism and capitalism and, and the system that we live with. Yeah, but the, the, the first time I heard hedonic treadmill, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Um, <laughs> but when we can get off of that for even a moment and feel that freedom, it's like a whole nother, a whole nother thing. People it realize is. what they're looking for is entirely in here. Exactly. And I'm glad that we're starting out with that as kind of the premise for our conversation. 
because I would really love to share your story. Tell me a little bit about what you do now and then bring us back up to how you got into this. So um, what I do now is um, in a general way, I like to say that I use uh, a lot of the different potentialities that I have. I'm a highly sensitive person. I learned how to meditate from some, some real um, incredible teachers and I'm an artist. And it took me a long time to say, oh yes, like I'm an artist actually, but that my, um, my main intention is to help people heal because that was my main intention. I, I, I realized in order for me to do any of the things that I was having the intuitive nudges to do, that I had to first like heal whatever was going on and, like in my mind, you know, in my heart, my body, that kind of spiritual parts of myself. And this is something I've been aware of my whole life, but never had the tools. And so now I use all my creative tools like photography and watercolor painting and different kinds of just different kinds of art making. You know, I don't think that um, we do ourselves any service if we think that artists are, are only a rare breed and I'm not creative. You know, so I like to bring all those tools in to help people figure out who they actually are on the inside, realize that the answers they're looking for are entirely here. Because for me, the greatest fear is that I will get to my deathbed and be lying there going, oh, my God, I didn't do the thing I knew. Like, I think we have an intuitive knowing that we don't listen to. We're not encouraged to listen to. We know what we're supposed to do. Yes. And we often don't find a way to doing it. And to me, that's like the great the greatest heartache of all, like that's my greatest yeah. fear other than perhaps like number two would be like a horrible, painful death, um, which I think a lot of people can relate to, but this idea of like lying there being like, I could have been a contender, you know, and <laughs> not having done it. And so discovering that that's possible for myself makes me really, really excited about um, offering that to other people as well. So I use my fine art photography. I use so many different kinds of creative making the coaching training that I've had um, and the mindfulness to help people navigate those things for themselves. So when you're talking about healing that you, yeah. you needed to heal yourself in order to do the art in the way that you wanted to, is that, did I hear you correctly? Yes. I think as otherwise what happens is that, you know, kind of where we started the conversation is that um, no one ever asks us, you know, maybe, maybe if we're lucky, someone when you're little and acute, you know, a little person and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, uh, and we say whatever we say. And then we, if we're continued um, in receiving that question, we'll, we'll say things that are presented in the culture to us, right? And, and they tend right. to be very binary in the United States, right? We, we see a lot going on around gender and so forth. Um, that, you know, we think it's everything's very binary. It's either it's masculine or it's feminine. It's it's left mm -hmm. or it's right. It's red or it's blue and all these different things. And so our choices, you know, we're like, oh, I'm going to be, girls are like, I'm going to be a nurse. I want to be a helper, you know? Right. Not, you know, God love the nurses. I'm not knocking nurses, please. No, uh, at all. But just the idea that the choices are very narrow and that at a certain point and same for, for boys, you know, it's like, what do you want to be? And depending where you are, you know, also in each of those cases, socioeconomically, like this, right. the idea is no matter who you are, your choices that are offered like on a little platter are very narrow. Exactly. I would agree with that completely. I wonder what is your um, take on the connection between healing ourselves and really stepping into our authentic selves? 
Yeah, I think um, it's it's for me it's a, it's a thinking thing and a feeling thing. I remember once being in therapy um, and I had my I was doing union analysis and the analyst said, "Hey, you have this habit of saying I think I feel. What's up with that?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm separated." <laughs> and so I think you know we do. In, in fact, um, I've been reading a, a book that talks about how actually our our mind and our um, sense of knowing, you know, like the brain is sort of like the structure that allows the, the mental processes to happen, but it's not just located in here. It's located throughout our entire body. And we actually have, um, I don't remember what they're called. So sorry for the science people out there, but like we have receptors in our, in our guts that help, but that's where we have this, like this expression, even like we use it and we don't even realize like, that's what it means that we have a gut sense of knowing. And I think that, if we, if we just stay in that kind of narrow space of like what's offered, then the part of us that is um, really who we are, like where those gifts are, is then completely ignored and left out. And so we can walk around. And I think that's where the, the shopping and the consumering and the, all of that, you know, like uh, Roger Waters album, like amusing ourselves to death. It's like, right, right. We, it's like no joke, right? This is what's happening because we have a, a sense of dissatisfaction, right? And this is also like a, a Dharma question, right? In terms of like Buddhist teaching, but I think all of the great spiritual practices have this question, you know, saying if you don't um, understand really like who you are, you don't know how to act. And I think that's like a, a huge question when we can touch on those places and feel like, oh, there's pain. What is that pain? The pain is like, I'm not who I'm supposed to be. Like I'm actually a queen on the inside or I'm a whatever, you know, it's like right. this idea of our sovereignty. Um, if that's buried underneath things that we're doing in a kind of codependent way to like make mommy and daddy happy or whoever else is around us happy or fit into the norms, like the kind of tribal pressure of like everyone wears the same thing. We think we're making right. choices, but we're just really kind of not wanting to be an outlier because that's kind of uncomfortable. But when we can really do the inner work to understand like, oh, this is who I am in a big, maybe spiritual way, not feeling cut off from ourselves and from everything else. Mm-hmm. And we find out like, like, oh, there's this pain here. There's also like that comes from maybe misalignment, but that also comes, um, you know, from whatever is specific to us. Maybe there's trauma in there. There's things from family. It could be going back generations. There's epigenetic you know, in generational trauma. And so until we can touch those things, it's very interesting. We can't bypass them. And that's what a lot of, um, like, again, like shopping or, you know, uh, other things that can numb us temporarily keep those things down, but they will continue to grow in energy. And right. so we have to do the work to, to heal those things. And then we're like, oh, now like the fog and the confusion and just the, the feeling of being trapped and not exactly knowing who you are can really dissipates and it's it's a wonderful um experience because then you're like holy cow like that's that's who I am and this is what I can do and then you have people that you can gather around you who will say yeah actually you're badass you know and here's what you here's what you, you know, we need we need that right we really right. need that and then we can be like oh now I know I'm getting to know my gifts I can use them I can identify them I can hold space witness them you know, find evidence and, and we keep going through a process that allows that to, to build and build. So then we're like, all right, now I'm ready to like stand in my ground and offer what I have, you know, so that I feel really authentically good. Um, and then you want it, that ripples out infinitely. 
Hillary, what would you say to someone who is just, uh, I'm going to use the word funk, in a funk, I don't quite know, uh, the path that I've been on, I'm realizing isn't feeling good to me. I may not even have the language about authentic self, right? I just know that what I'm doing doesn't feel right. Um, I'm unhappy, frustrated yeah. a lot. Um, this is, and, and they have also a belief that this is just what it means to, to live. Like this, this is how my, my mother has lived. This is how my aunts have lived, right? There's all, and I'm not making this personal at all, but let's just say there's that story of, you know, women suffer. We, we're, we are, we bear the suffering of the world kind of thing sometimes. So how do, how, how do we, grab that person's attention and offer them an alternative? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I, I, um, I'm continuing to ask the question and try to answer it. Um, you know, obviously as people are coming to me, um, very often, uh, most people who come to me for any kind of coaching or support work, they do have this feeling like, I'm doing other things and I'm just having this sense that something is not quite right. And it's been going on for a long time mm-hmm. and maybe something has happened for them, like completely unrelated to me where they've had some little voice, some little intuition kick off. Um, I have a client I'm working with now who's a perfect example of this. She actually said to me recently, I don't even think I have intuition. I was just mm-hmm. like, Holy cow, you do. You do. That's how you ended up here. Right. But um, so I think sometimes we're lucky and something just kicks off, um, you know, and there's ripple effect that it's like, oh, then we know somebody met somebody like, oh, you should, you know, we just end up in the right place because there's kind of maybe even a, like a vibrational thing going on where like we're ready. And when we're really ready, you know, then it's like they say, like the teacher appears, the student appears. But I think that, um, most of the time what I'm doing, um, you know, with things that I write or videos I put out or, you know, the social media stuff is just asking people questions about like, are you feeling like these different ways? Are you feeling like there's got to be more going on? Or especially I think a lot of people who come to me, they're highly sensitive people. And um, I realize now like how long that had been out there, you know, in the world. And I had not really identified myself that way. But that was absolutely, you know, who I have been since I popped out into this plane, right? Yeah. And um, and so I think, you know, just sometimes I'm impatient. I used to, when I was younger, I was much more impatient. You just want everyone to change. Now you kind of ugh, shove them. But you, you can't, right? You can't do right. that. So it's just right. keep putting out little um, invitations. It's like, if you're feeling this way, like just asking even what if that wasn't true? I know it feels very real, mm-hmm. but what if it wasn't true, right? And right. what if you could have things, you know, all your way? What would it look like? And just inviting people into that possibility, it doesn't mean they're going to instantaneously jump on board and be like, yes, I'm ready to transform. I mean, I look at my own process and it took so long. And so I, I feel like what I can do by putting things out there is to try to help shorten that. Um, and find people when they're a little bit younger. And it's always a question to me of like, can we do this when we're a lot younger? There's so many um, conditions around it. Right. You know, for what your state of readiness is. And maybe there's some things that 
you might label as very unpleasant experiences, but they're things that you have to go through. I know I have had that experience. And most people I know have had that experience where it's like, oh my God, this is just feels awful. But the things that we, that we learn through that can sometimes just be so profound, which right. is not to say like, oh, everyone's trauma is just, I mean, that's not what I'm saying at all. Right. Um, right. Doesn't excuse right. any of that. Doesn't bypass how damaging that can be. But I think a lot of it is just um, inviting people in planting the seeds that the mindset really is everything. And that if you can begin to change that a little. So I think one of the other things I do a lot lately is I say, okay, like maybe changing your whole life feels way too big, Mm -hmm. but could you imagine feeling good for five or 10 minutes? Would you be open to trying? Right. And so if they say yes, then that then, you know, then the door can open. And again, maybe it takes some time, but there's some work that I do that will help someone shift what's going on with them in their body with all their hormones and their chemistry and all that right now so that they can get out of like having the amygdala be in charge. I love Elizabeth Gilbert says, what are you going to do? Let the the dumbest little tadpole part of your brain (laughs) drive the car? You know, no. Right? And so when you have even a few minutes or even one minute of having that turn off and bringing your prefrontal cortex online and the other parts that are associated with clarity and compassion and clear seeing and wisdom and so forth, even a moment of that is so wonderful that then people are like, wow, okay, if I can do that for a minute, could you do two minutes? And I think just looking at things very much in small increments and just taking like the small steps can be huge. I, I agree. I, I think that it's really breaking down how we've seen ourselves and giving ourselves permission to dream about what else is possible. Yes. And to do it without getting trapped in the how. Like I'm right. a Taurus, <laughs> I'm a very earth person, but I realized uh, as I understand more about that, that it's not that um, because I'm a Taurus earth person, that I naturally have a lot of earthiness. I'm actually super conceptual, like air, fire, like woo, all this very untethered, um, some would say very ungrounded. So what I need is like, all right, my big question always is like, what's it for? Mm -hmm. You know, what it's what some people might say like, oh, what's my why? But I'm like, what's it for? How is this gonna serve me? And bringing that in um, just can be so grounding. And it's like, oh, you could have this for a minute. You could have it for two minutes. And just, you know, um, and not just not getting stuck by things that are more advanced questions, just allowing yourself to feel it. So you're changing what your thoughts are. You're changing how you're feeling. And once you start to change those things, then you can kind of reverse engineer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, too, when we're thinking about taking these small steps, what, what's popping into my mind is that, um, wherever we are, our unconscious mind has created this for us, right? These are the rules that we need to live by in order to stay safe. At some point, some way, we've made those decisions. And so the fact that we may be in that funk, right, is it, it's a place of safety. And then as you were saying about the amygdala, right? Okay, so there's part of a brain that is is designed to keep us safe and comfortable. Yeah. But there's this bigger part of us, and I'll say our soul part of us, like that authentic self that's pulling us forward, 
pulling yeah. us forward. And so I kind of see it as a, um, it's a little tug of war between who it is that we are really here to be, what our sole purpose is right. versus how we're fitting in with our communities, our families and following the rules there so that we have some belonging. We're safe, right? right. And comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, that's one of the things I like to remind my clients is that you haven't done anything wrong to get to this funk. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and in <laughs> yeah. fact, I say, normally I find myself saying to clients, if, if you're not feeling a bit of funk, like I have someone who's coaching me and she's like, if you're not feeling like what she calls like the yuck, then yeah. you're not making forward progress, baby, you know? And that when that comes up, it's a great sign because it means that, you know, you're taking the very courageous step, very brave step to face whatever is there to your capacity and being, you know, holding space for that and saying, all right, hello. Because we know that if we just ignore it, you know, or we push it down, that it's only going to continue to grow and, and infiltrate our lives in ways. Um, and they can some ex- sometimes explode later. It's like, if, uh, if like anger is a thing for you, you know, you wake up one morning, you smash your toe into the corner of the dresser, <laughs> you know, cursing, and then by the end of the day, you're just like in road rage state or something. It's because it just snowballs, right? So rather, you know, instead we can just kind of put a pause on it and be like, all right, this feels yucky. What's going on here? Right. When right. Victor right. Frank talked about like that, that space between the stimulus and the response is our power and our freedom. And so being able to invite people into that and say, all right, feels yucky. We're not, we're not dying from it. Like, okay, so we're safe. This is just right. uncomfortable. And, re- and then I ask a lot of questions to guide them to when I use a lot of creative work to guide them to figuring out like, what's going on. And then it's like, Oh, and once you make the connection, it's incredibly empowering to see someone just light up and realize oh, that's why I'm doing that. And it's not just an intellectual understanding. They're feeling they're embodying it. So now then it becomes like, all right, so how, how do you want to do things differently? Experiment, right? So that there's not even an idea of failure. Because right. if you try something and it doesn't go quite the way you thought, well, then, you know, then, you know, all that, write that one down. Don't, don't do that under these conditions. Yeah. It doesn't need to work, right? It's a science right, experiment. Right. Our whole life is a giant science experiment. Right. And we can just try things. And then we start to, you know, by using different tools to, to like witness and record it, writing things down or making visual reminders. Our visual reminders are so powerful for people because then they can see something that operates for them at a pre-verbal level. You know, right. so a lot of times my clients will make um, pieces of art that represent something they're trying to change, you know, and they'll put it somewhere where they can see it. And they're like, all oh, right, that's, that's my reminder. Like I'm, I'm staying off social media for the first, you know, hour of my day or something. And rather than having a sign, that's like scolding. Right. Oh, right. It's like, Oh, I mean, look at this beautiful thing. It reminds me, Oh, I set this intention, right? But the yuck yeah. is is something that we love to to see happen because it means there's growth going on. I love reframing that in that way. So tell me um, a little bit more about what you actually do with and for clients. Sure. So um, most people come to see me, and that's why I've, I've phrased, you know, what it is that I do in this very particular way it came out of... Um, many influences, but one of the, the books and teachers I've studied under is Stephen Cope, um, who wrote a, a great book called The Great Work of Your Life. 
that is based on the story in the Bhagavad Gita. And there's a lovely line in there where, you know, God says to Arjuna, you do not know how to act because you don't know who you are. Um, we just, we were talking about that a little bit ago, right? Exactly. And so, you know, um, when people come to me and they have that feeling, um, we'll have pretty extensive conversations. So like, like what is going on with that to try to unpack, I like just, I want to as- assess like, where are they? And then I lead them through a series. We usually meet, um, you know, once a week and we'll okay. do a combination of, you know, talking, but also creative work. Um, meditation, different kind of mindfulness practices, a lot of different tools to help them make these discoveries. And I'll give them assignments that will help them actually go into the yuck, (laughs) go into that yucky place so that they can make those connections. And sometimes doing creative work while we're in the space together here, Mm -hmm. or whether we're doing this via Zoom, I work with people all over, so they can be anywhere where they'll get like a, a, either they'll have something, I'll send them out shopping or I'll send them a kit and they'll have tools to work with so that they could be creating something that is about what we're, but what they're trying to unpack. Um, Okay. So we can talk and then sometimes I just let them go. Sometimes I'll use sound, use mantra or different things to get them into a better space so that then they can begin to make these discoveries. And so the whole idea is, you know, getting things to settle so that we're not at like DEFCON 11 all the time. Right. 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 Um, so a lot of different tools, mindfulness, meditation, creativity, um, journaling, um, different kinds of exercises, homework assignments. And then um, as they're identifying, oh, here's what those wounds are, mm-hmm. you know, and just making sure that we do the best we can to, to get down to them. But I'm also always explaining that from my perspective, you know, I have kind of a Jungian bent on things is that our life is not like a one and done linear thing where it's not even like the arc that they always teach you a story is uh, right. like seventh or eighth grade of like, here's narrative arc. Everybody right. Here's a conflict. Crisis. Yeah. And then it's all fixed up. It's like a Brady Bunch episode. Exactly. <laughs> now, you know, everyone can date me from this, but um, <laughs> it's much more that our life is like a spiral and that, you know, so maybe we have like a trauma. Like, um, here, me. I'll bring a tool. Great. Yeah. So, so I use these, uh, these spirals a lot. And so, um, you know, maybe, and so I do them for different elements, but maybe like, so you're born like right here in the center Mm -hmm. and then, you know, something happens and there's a trauma or some kind of injury and you're, you're just a little tiny person. So there's not Mm -hmm. much you can do, but then you'll kind of, you'll keep spiraling out until like, Oh, over here, you know, you're maybe you're 10 or 11 or something. And that you might have a an emotional response of some kind. Something goes on. And you don't understand, like, why do I feel so intensely about it? And then it just kind of keeps going. So we just keep spiraling. But it's not flat. It's like it's a three-dimensional, four-dimensional thing, actually. Right? Sure. So sure. we keep having a new chance to encounter this so that, you know, wherever we are at in our lives, whatever our capacity is, like, uh, with, like, t- the time we have to do it, the energy we have to do it, the kind of motivation, you know, making sure that there's enough practical things, like, capacity for that time energy money but then we get as we continue to encounter this thing we're like all right we can we can do a pretty good job with like unpacking that dispersing it scraping it away depending what the metaphor is uh one client before the other day of like oh like they're barnacles on a ship that was great and it's like oh barnacles are under the water and like hmm so all these subconscious things so just 
making space for that to be um, sorted out and unpacked, you know, in this case, like scrape right. those barnacles, identify them and be like, do I need this one? Oh, I understand. So it's a lot of like, here's how it served me. Is that working anymore? Or is that problematic? Oh, problematic. All right, then we can let that one go. So right. it's, it's, you know, there's a million different metaphors. It's sort of like weeding a garden, you know, like you find the roots of things, but that's what mindfulness will do for us, right? We, we can get our mind still enough so that then, all right, things settle. Like I have this, I use this jar a lot. Um, friend gave this to me. It's uh, Las Vegas. Okay. <laughs> it's like, this Look. is our mind, right? It's a snow globe. Right. right. And, you know, if you just sit, the snow globe, like we don't make the flakes settle. They just do. Like, and that's like right. all of our education will begin to settle. And then we can get some clarity to be like, oh, so helping people identify where those roots of those what were those traumas, what was said, and even going back in time and making new narratives around that. And then right. sometimes we have to go back another generation and another generation sure, and create new narratives. And it's not like we're being like in la-la land of like, oh, my mom and dad are actually awesome. But it's like, we're changing the chemistry really, right? We're working with our hormones, we're working with our chemistry in our brains so that we can have something new so that we can create enough um, capacity for our hearts and minds to change that. Right. 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 And so then being able to step, keep stepping forward and you just, they just keep spiraling then. And so it's like, will we get everything you might have, you might find a year from now. Oh, there's that other thing again. Great. But now you're in a much more elevated place and you're right. in a mind state that says I can be happy. I can feel right. good, you know, all the time. If I want to, even right. if something really hard is happening, we don't get capsized the same way we might have before. And then go into like, yeah the death spiral of like, everything's horrible. Nothing's ever going to be good again. Um, right. So it's like really the work is about increasing their capacity, giving them tools. I want, I don't want people to be with me forever. I want them to figure this stuff out and go live their lives. And then sometimes they're like, Oh yeah. And then they come back and say, Hey, there's more. I'm like, all right, let's go back in and do a little more work. Exactly. I love this metaphor of the spiral. A couple of things have come up for me as I'm listening sure. to your story and one, um, the first thing that came up for me is I like to have it right, right? So if I feel like I'm going through this, I just, I just want to get over this, whatever this is, I want to take care of it and move on and, and, you know, leave it behind. But for me, that's not a healthy mindset because it's really about resisting. It's about, I, I don't want this anymore. I want to get rid of it rather than versus letting it go. Accepting yeah. it as this is my story. This is part of who I am or this is part of who I was. This yeah. was the path that got me to where I am now. And I can embrace that part of me. And I, maybe that's yeah. part of age too. You know, we we're talking earlier about at yeah. what age does, do these kinds of transformation take place? And so maybe age is, is helpful to see the, the changes over our decades. Um, so one of the things I'm hearing in the spiral is I don't have to get it right this time. I can just yeah. chip away at it a little bit as it's coming around. Um, because if I'm, if I don't, if I'm not letting it all go this time, it will come back again. It'll give me another okay. chance to become who I are more of who I am. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like there's so much out there in media right and yeah it's always been this way it's interesting like my husband is super into the stoic philosophies 
And, you know, Marcus Aurelius apparently had friends who, there's a story that is in one of the books he has that talks about how this philosopher had a, like a, a big column built outside the main market to Athens that basically would work perfectly now for us being like addicted to Twitter or whatever. That's like, you know, don't look out there for all your happiness. It's really going to be in here and in here. And so this is not a new human problem. Um, but, you know, that this idea that if we just had X, you know, then right. this crappy feeling would go away. But, um, you know, I, I love one of the reasons that, you know, initially drew me into studying Buddhism was this idea that it was the first time I really heard um, the message that, like, some things just hurt. Like, that's what Sharon Salzberg says. Some things just hurt. Life is hard. Mm -hmm. But the idea that we're not stuck, we can continue to work with it, we can actually have a wonderful, vibrant life. But that this idea that's very much in the culture now that, you know, get a facelift and you're going right. <laughs> to whatever, or get this car or whatever it is, that there's somehow that there's like a solution or it's a coaching package or whatever. There's all kinds of stuff being put out there. I think one of the things that drives me most crazy about mindfulness out in like the marketplace is how often it's presented as, uh, and meditation is presented as like, it's going to be a spa experience. And it's mm. just not, you know. No. Thich Nhat Hanh says, if you haven't um, cried while you're meditating, you haven't meditated enough. If you don't cry when you're on the cushion sometimes. Right. So, you know, like a movie that I reference a lot with my clients is, um, oh gosh, uh, Inside Out. That came out a few years ago. It's a Pixar oh, right. film about the little girl mm -hmm. whose family moves, remember? And yes. it's the sweetest thing because the marketplace is telling us, you know, you have to be joy all the time. Joy, joy, joy. You know, and it's right. like joy figured out. She needed that sadness, right? She trails her finger along yeah. like that kind of yeah. stuff. And it's like, it was that union. That's what makes it work. And so I think um, for us to realize that that is true. And that the thing that is the very problem that we face, like constant change, impermanence, you know, more talent. Those are the things. Why do we love tulips or peonies or um, like cherry blossoms? Japan, the whole festival in Japan around the cherry blossoms because they're it's so brief. They hit a peak, and if they stayed right. forever, we'd just be like, ugh, another cherry right. blossom. So I think that a lot of the the work that I do is is trying to open the door to that understanding and say like, it's okay. Some things are hard, but yeah. when we can appreciate the lessons that and the experience, and we can we can withstand it. We can retain our sovereignty, our autonomy and all this and not feel like we have to fix, fix, fix. Then we can actually enjoy everything much more, you know, and perhaps that's one of the lessons of the last year of this crazy, you know, experience with a global pandemic for the first time like this is that I feel like people are going, wow, that has been a real bear. But now I appreciate some smaller things and we're finding some of the kind of the little smaller joys. Yeah. You know, even in people I know where families they've lost, they've had incredible losses. There's a, there's an enhanced appreciation. So I think that, you know, just being able to be like, Oh yeah, it's not one and done. Mm -hmm. This is the whole magic of it. And if we can open our hearts to that more and like soften and let it just kind of, you know, wash over us and we let go of right. trying to control it or get a one and done fix. We're going to have a lot more, not just fun, but it's just like we have more delight, you know, than noticing the small things when you take a walk. It's like watching the sun on the wall or something, you know, the, yeah. the look on someone's face, these little things. 
if we're just in the one and done, fix it, let, let me shove this out of my way now, then we miss all of that. Exactly. And, and to me, that's the um, epitome of S, of being present. When I yeah. am present and I do see everything that's come, you know, around me, the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between. Yeah. And I think, you know, perhaps also, it, and again, this is like a sort of a thinking and a felt experience with clients is that um, because of this pressure around um, things being marketed to us and the way media works, I'm reading uh, a wonderful book uh, called Hate Inc. about how journalism, like how the media works. Okay. Um, that it's really just to sell us stuff and keep us hating each other because there's a lot of money in that for everybody. Mm-hmm. But that um, there's a, there's just like a deeper thing happening that we could, we could access and um, that it's life is complex, right? You know, it's just right. embracing that complexity, I think, and finding, finding the delight and and realizing that, when you listen to your intuition, people around you may be like, uh-uh. That's, right. Right? They're like, yeah. no, honey, we have other plans for you. That's right. But, um, I, you know, I think, I know that one of your your major issues is like, how do we care for ourselves, right? Exactly. Um, and so, you know, I just, I think we need to really normalize as much as possible. And this is where I love like the network's not only of women, but, you know, all kinds of people who are starting to pop up, but I'm seeing it more as a, also with, with women that um, we're kind of reclaiming our, our role as healers and not um, being held back by, you know, hierarchical systems and patriarchy that we're connecting more to matrilineal lineages, matriarchies, um, and taking a little softer approach. And I think that's what you, where you see like things opening up with like our, our pull, stepping away from everything is binary yeah. um, is incredibly helpful. And that if you, if you're someone who's feeling like, I know that actually I'm a painter or I'm a stamp collector or whatever it is, right? It doesn't matter that, you know, trying to find your way to like, who are the people like me? That is one of the nice things about the internet and the, the, the hashtag right. is that, and then, you know, you have to sort of be careful of like, you know, what you're consuming, but that there are knowing that there are people out there and the more of us that are, are creating this, that you can start to find a posse. Yes. You know, or a group that you can be with and spend more time. With. Like we know, right. Scientifically, we know that the people we spend the most time with, that's who we're going to be. And so if you've got, you know, some naysayers around you, it can be hard, but like, you've got to do whatever you can to um, keep yourself like lifted up while you're going through this. So it's like finding the inspirational talks that do it for you and then listening to them over and over again, because it's like, you got a cheerleader, you know, kind of a virtual cheerleader being like, oh, whether it's like, I don't know, like even Arnold Schwarzenegger has that one. There's only so many hours in the day you can do these (laughs) things and you don't need to sleep. (laughs) but it's true like if you want something I think we we are at a time where we're being called to like really dig into our resources you know and find our how to increase our capacity by finding people around you and making sure that you've prioritized the self-care you know which can be something so simple like I like to take a walk in the morning I try to walk six miles every day and I do it in chunks of like two miles two miles two miles and I really like to use that time either to listen to mantra or like a, a book. I always cuddle a book on tape because I'm old 
Uh, but it's like yeah. it's an audio sure. or something. But yeah. but some people do that, and then and I used to do this where I would be like, okay, well I have my ringer on, um, yes. and I hear the pings of the Gmail, and I hear the and so no, like put it on, do not disturb, mm-hmm. so that you don't hear anything, and. Right. Like it is such a small act, but it's so incredibly uh, powerful and, you know, it's empowering. It goes to your sovereignty. It's like, no, this hour or whatever it is, this half hour, this 10 minutes is mine. Right. Right. And that you can, and I think especially for women, but, you know, for the sensitive, for the sensitive humans out there, whoever you are, like, it's, it's like taking that time for yourself is not selfish. Like right. we need to refill the well of capacity, energy, love, compassion, you know, and there's nothing that we can't do anything. If we don't take care of this, so nothing true. else is possible. So regardless of what the culture is telling you or the media or people around you, you know, just taking that time and, and even maybe starting with like the five or 10 minutes that's yours and then building it up it exactly. makes a huge, huge difference. It's like life changing. You know, earlier in the call, you had, uh, I think it was Vicar Frankel's quote about the space between yeah. uh, the the event and your response. And when I hear you talk about these two-mile walks, that's like extending that space and creating yeah. your own space. And, and I'm also thinking about your um, snow globe, right? So outside of that space, our minds and our thoughts are all over the place. And in that space, all of that glitter, all of that snow has a chance to settle down. Right. So that then when we want to take action and move forward, we're doing it from a space of being grounded mm-hmm. and much more certainty, even if we're not certain, right? right. There, there's still confidence in the next step that we take. And if we skip that part and just go from here's a, a stimulus to the response. Here's what I'm going to do. We miss out on all of those possibilities right. because we just zip through it so quickly. Yes, exactly. I love the way you put that because we, we, we stay uh, stuck in a trance, right? Tara Brock. Yes. yes. Talks about this a lot. We're in this trance of kind of tumbling into the next moment. Things are propelling us forward. We don't even know why, you know, sometimes uh, we will just snap at somebody, right. you know, or you see it happening in traffic or all these different oh, yes. times. And so just realizing that, you know, coming home to ourselves and allowing all of this to settle, it, it is grounding. And just because everyone else is shrieking, you know, uh, doesn't mean that you have to <laughs> shriek along with them. And then everyone's like, ah, you know, so right. all the Edward Monk, like, ah, and everyone's like, ah. <laughs> it's like, then all you have is a lot of noise. But, exactly. you know, it, one of the metaphors I use sometimes teaching is, uh, you know, that if you're in that panicky state, let's say like you're out swimming in the lake in whatever body of water and you're kind of thrashing and panicking and all this kind of stuff, water's going everywhere. Like the Kiwi too could sail right on by throwing out every life preserver, sending a boat and you would still drown unless you could gather the composure long enough to be like, oh, look, a million life preservers. You know, there's right. like the joke of like, the guy who was rescued, he said he, he didn't believe in God, right? Right. Right. Like, you know, and that's like, there's a million variations on that. It's like, oh, this one came and that one came. And I was like, no, I'm waiting for God. And then God's like, what's up with that? I exactly. sent a boat. I sent the Marines, whatever, right. you know. And so I think we just need to be gentle, you know, with ourselves in, in all of this. Um, 
and take it step by step and realizing that, I mean, especially after this year, a lot of people are struggling with different things, whether it's yeah. emotional, psychological, you know, body things. I know like for me, my, the body was like sort of my epic fail of 2020. So just like, okay, I'm not going to walk all six miles at once. I started by walking like around the block a few times and just sure. and, and doing like ritualizing our, our documenting of that in different kinds of ways. So that's some, some of the work that I do is helping people figure out what rituals can they bring in that are going to feel really nourishing for them and remind them of the, the steps that are able to take because everyone's capacity is different, but everyone right. has the capacity to make positive change. So I think that, you know, pausing to be like, oh, look, I did at the end of each day. Look, all this awesome stuff. Right. Right. That nothing is too small. That's right. Nothing is too small. Hillary, I have loved our conversation immensely. And um, I really appreciate everything that you've shared. So before we close, what I'd like to do is for you to say a little bit about where people can find you, about what you do, so that um, they can connect with you. Awesome. Thanks. I've loved having this conversation with you also. I'm so glad that we connected. It was through Bossy, wasn't it originally? It was. Yeah. Yes. So I yes. love that. So yeah, I was talking about Einstein time. So shout out to right. <laughs> right. But yeah, if people want to find me, what I, I offer, um, you know, in addition to, you know, the photography work that I do, I do offer coaching and it's, um, it's definitely for you if you're in that place, like we talked about, of feeling a little like, oh, something's not quite right. I'm sure there must be more. And especially if you're like a very highly sensitive person, because we are just, we suffer a lot at the hands of the pressures, uh, social, cultural the institutions, like the machines of things um, grinding at us. So if you're in that place, no matter where in the world you are, um, I love helping people get out of that yuck place that's based on like, I don't know who I am. I'm not really sure what to do. And doing that like deep digging that can move you sometimes remarkably quickly into a much, much better place so that, you know, you don't want to get to your deathbed and be like, Oh, I could have done it. I want, I want to help make the world full of people who are like their sovereign selves who know what their gifts are and can share those and, and help offer healing to everybody. So you can find me, um, on Instagram um, at Hillary Johnson photo, or I have, it's art for introverts. It's art underscore for, you know, the word for um, underscore okay. introverts. And at some point I may be, to be honest, like I may be merging those if it's possible. Sometimes it feels great. Sometimes not so great, yes. but, right. um, and I have a website, Hillary Johnson photo. You can find me there. Um, art for introverts.com. You can find me there. There's contact page. Just send me a note and let me know what's up. And, you know, I always do a conversation. We talk for 15, 20 minutes or so just to figure out, like, what's going on? Does it feel like a good fit for you? And then we set some goals and we, we start to work and we can do it in person or we can do it on Zoom. So you could use a little help finding your way. <laughs> Definitely. I'm here for you. Well, once again, Hillary, thank you so much for your time and for sharing yourself and your story with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. Hi, this is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks.
Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.